Thank you for joining us for another episode of That Solo Life, the podcast for PR pros and marketers who work for themselves. People like me, Michelle Kane with Voice Matters, and my wonderful co-host, Karen Swim of Solo PR Pro. Hi, Karen. How are you today? Hey, Michelle. Surviving the year. Yes, that is a good turn of phrase (laughs) for how things are going. There seems to be something wacky in the air. (laughs) You know, it's really weird. We, as our listeners hear this, we're in the fall season. It is officially fall. And I love fall. I love this season. But September has been such an (sighs) odd month. It's, It's almost over as we're recording this. So it's just like, where did that go? It went super fast in comparison to August, but every single week for the past three weeks on Tuesday, I thought it was either Wednesday or Thursday. So I don't know how that works that a month can move so fast, but a week can move so slow, but somehow that's how it's felt for me. And so I'm thrown off. And, and so Yesterday, I thought it was Wednesday. And so I was getting ready to do the Wednesday things. And at the end of the day, I still thought it was Wednesday. And I said, well, you didn't record the podcast. <laughs> Wednesday. Is that tomorrow? Is it only Tuesday? <laughs> that, that loser Michelle didn't turn up for the podcast. What's going on? <laughs> yeah. I know. So if you're feeling that, out there in our audience, you are not alone. No, no. If, if what I've, if what I'm seeing on social media, we are so not alone. It's, it's been really breakneck, which, you know, Hey, let's preface all of this by saying, I'm not going to complain. Good businesses, you know, busy business is good business, but at the same time, Oh my goodness, give a girl a break. It just seems like things are things this month have been harder. Uh, you know, it's, it's like asking multiple times for answers, not getting responses, missed connections. It's just been... So that kind of has to do with what our topic is today. Well, we're going to see if we can get up to seven. We're going to talk about seven things that PR people can't stand or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. These are the things that other people do that really you know, it's just the most annoying thing or tasks that we don't love handling as yes. people. And I think that we could easily get 17. <laughs> true, true. I mean, we we like to keep it real around here without being too, you know, turning too curmudgeonly. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I tell myself. But sometimes you just have to vent a little bit. <laughs> You do. And so today it's, you know, we hope to keep it fun and light because we need the fun and light. We do. And (laughs) as we head into Q4, by golly, we need a bit of laughter. And, you know, we talked about in a recent episode about doing that audit. So maybe some of these things that we hope to do, we can say, you know what? I really do hate that. Right? Why am I doing this? Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Good times. Well, so. I'll tell you one of the things that I hate as a PR professional. <laughs> I hate collaborating on documents with people oh. who will use the comment section, not because they have questions 
or there's something that is not direct editing, but will make editorial comments in the comment section. So if you're in like Google Docs and you're co-editing a document and the person that's reviewing it, and sometimes there's multiple reviewers says, I think the sentence needs a comma. That is the most annoying thing to me. Just put the comment in. That's why they have editing and and even the suggestions. Right. That's a suggestion. Right. Or they want to change a word. Don't tell me that you want to change a word. Change the word. word. (laughs) Editing is a beautiful thing. You can just do that. I cannot tell you how many times I've had people review stuff and they use the comments. And so then you're digging through 53 (sighs) comments. Yeah. And to find things that people could have just changed and moved the process along a lot faster. So I'm a pro. I hate that. So my solution that I need to reenact because now I'm seeing this happen again is that. When I send documents for editing, provide guidelines, tell people Mm, if you want to change something, you want different language, you want a totally different code, go ahead and edit it. Don't put that in the comments. Just that's why this document is here. Tell them how to do it. Also tell them what to look for. In the past, when I did a lot more content creation, I would tell, I would give guidance, you know, you are not editing for X, Y, Z. We are going to do a full grammar review. We're going to do a full editorial polish. You're looking for concept, actual information. Yeah. If there are errors, you need to correct it. So right. that can help to cut down on that. But I'm sure that my other PR pros out there can relate. It is oh. the worst when people tell you what they want and just don't do it. It takes a, takes fewer keystrokes, actually. Less time to just put in a comma where you think you want one then to tell me that you want a comma. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it's true and and a subset of that is outright writing in a shared Google Doc. Now, I'm grateful that I don't have anyone that has required that of me. You know, if I'm producing content for them, I will cut and paste their guide into a clean Google Doc. I'm like, I don't want anyone seeing what I'm doing in here because you don't need I mean, not not that it's you know, not that they're suspicious, but it's just like, mm, I'll just pot and then I paste it all in again. Like, look, now you can review it, but oh, it's so stressful. <laughs> totally. I, so Carolyn and I, hey, Carolyn, I hope you're listening. When we work <laughs> our documents together, we have a private copy and we yeah. the document and we go back and forth. And then a lot of times we'll hop on the phone and we'll brainstorm stuff out. She is one of my favorite writing partners because yeah. um, together our creativity is is just off the charts. Oh, that's delicious. Yeah. So we do our thing and then we close that private document and we do a clean copy for client review. So I agree with you. It is because yeah. we use shared drives. Um, that's yeah. our jam in Google Workspace. And if you use shared drives, you definitely don't want to have the drive, have a drive that's shared with your clients. You're working on something and before you kind of worked it up and finished your finalized, you don't want people in there. I completely no. agree. No, get out of my room. Don't, don't <laughs> look over my shoulder. Yeah. Uh, so one of my biggest pet peeves in PR is, you know, when you're working with clients who are maybe beholden to a larger brand or something, And, you know, you think you're all on the same page with a project, you're trying to make the parent company happy. And at the nth hour or afterward, they come in with a, hey, 
you know, we can do this for you, but you need to, you know, cross all these T's and you think, so that horse is so far out of the barn right now. You couldn't think to have asked me that I'll, I'll micro it down. I was doing a, a commercial spot for someone and, you know, we had met about it. We brainstormed parent company was thrilled with the direction. I got releases signed for my client. <laughs> and after all of that, they're like, Hey, yeah, we'd love to share this on our brand social. Here's our brand release. And I'm like, you do realize like I literally pulled people in a store that I will never see again, who were kind enough to be in this. And now you want me to chase these people down. So great ideas are great ideas, but it does crack me up that it seems the larger the corporation, the more they seem to fly by the seat of their pants with these ideas, but expect everyone to drop everything and come through, which of course you try to do because it's our job as PR people. So in those situations here, the solution always is to try and, okay, how can I prevent this in the future? So, you know, I said, hey, this looks like a pretty generic thing. So I am going to, moving forward, have our release assigned and yours. So this never happens again. Because not only, I mean, it's just the thing that I think bothered me the most. I mean, look, I can get over an inconvenience. You're going to hear me gripe about it as you are now. But whatever, I'll get over it. The thing was, I, I don't know that they thought forward to, now you've made my client look stupid. My client looks stupid. And my client's business is to not look stupid <laughs> yeah. because people need to rely on and trust them. And you just put a hole in that. And I think that's what irks me the most. So yeah, yeah just guys think <laughs> before you this ask. This can happen not just when your client's part of a larger brand or working with larger brands, but it can happen with investors in oh, yeah. a partner. And so you're absolutely right, Michelle. It's frustrating mm. So I think the best thing that we found is we have a plan in advance and we lay out timelines and tactics. Oh, totally. And we have everybody sign off on it. Sometimes that really means chasing down a partner. And, and you're right. The bigger the corporation, it's harder yeah. to get them to focus on something that's a priority for you that may not be their big priority. Yeah. So when you're dealing with you know a, a multi-billion dollar company, your little thing is you have to really pound the pavement and be super aggressive about follow-up and you have to give them deadlines right at the top. And by the way, you really have to start a lot earlier because you can't expect them to well, yeah. work on your timeline. But you know that it still can be challenging. Yeah, This is why the rate is not the rate. This is exactly why. And, exactly, right? Um, I shared this on social Someone said this to me and it made so much sense. You know, they were saying, you know, sometimes we see these, I hate to use government contracts because it's hard for me to wrap my mind around what gets charged sometimes yeah. too, but not the ones that get publicized where they're paying $500 for a roll of toilet paper, but right. government contracts or even contracts with large organizations where there are lots of approval processes and lots of additional administrative functions. If you're a website builder and you're putting together a five-page website, a five-page website for a small or medium business is not the same as a five-page website for a multi-billion dollar corporation. It's not because 
fundamentally, you're not doing the exact same thing. The Correct. work is the same, but it comes with a lot of other yes, things. Exactly. So Michelle just pointed out why when it comes to setting your rates and charging, you really do have to think through how that scope of work gets applied to particular clients. I want to be really clear. I'm not saying that you should price gouge people with deeper pockets. What I'm saying is that no. you need to account for your time in doing what you've been hired to do. And because if you, you can look at these, these two pieces of work that are exactly the same. So it could be a, you know, a white paper for this client and a white paper for this client. And it may take you the exact same amount of time of writing that initial document, but it could take an extra 20 hours for client B versus client A because of edits and approvals and things that happen. And, other administrative things. So don't overlook that. It's, right. you know, really important. So I think that's an important point to make. Oh, too, is that com- completely. Plan, make everybody sign off on it way yeah. in advance, building yeah. tons of extra time because people will drive you crazy. Oh, exactly. And, and that, that you're charging for all yeah. the extra stuff that, that happens. Yeah, no, that's so true. And what cracked me up about this was this totally had the vibe of, I know they were having a lunch meeting. I'm like, hey, we got all this really good stuff. Hey, here's an idea. Let's dangle this carrot with all of them. And I'm thinking, you could have mentioned this in all of our meetings before. Okay, never mind. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, it happens. It happens, you know, but... And I totally agree. You need to take into account, you know, the the bigger the account, the bigger the project, the more players that might be involved, the more levels of approval. It's not out of line to imagine. When I say imagine, I don't mean make it up, but just think, you know what, this will probably get kicked up the food chain, even though they have not said so. How many people might have an opinion about this and completely make sure you're covered by working in all of the time so that you get what's due you. (laughs) So you can pay so you can pay for the hair dye that you'll need to cover up all your gray hairs. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I we okay. have two. What's number three? Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I have one. Okay. This is also a recent example. <laughs> As a PR person, I hate portals that are not user-friendly. Uh, so as everyone who does any type of media relations knows sometimes we're required. We may pitch an article, a bylined article or a piece of contributed content, and it gets accepted by a publication. And rather than just emailing your nice document with all of the information and the assets to an editor, they require you to put it in a portal. That's normally okay. Normally. But I've run across some portals lately that have made me want to pick up my computer and throw it against 10 walls. Oh, no. Not because I'm not tech savvy. And and that's even more yeah. frustrating when you are, you know, PR pros, we know tech. We use yeah. tech. Right. Please, dear publishers, content people of the world, think about your end users when you are designing these portals. Yeah. And if you have an antiquated portal that served a purpose in academia 32 years ago, but that's not your core audience anymore. Please, for the love of all that is good and holy, change it. Or just accept things by email. (laughs) This week, this week alone, and we've been working on this, I kid you not, this one particular portal for a month, four weeks, 
four solid weeks of back and forth of emails. And, And then they can't even get their email system right because not only do they email our team who's responsible for this whole process, but our client who is the author. And then we had to get somebody else from the client team involved. And so there's been a total of four people, four weeks, mm, 65 emails maybe, and about 40 hours to upload an article. I'm getting the papers. I was ready to punch someone when we got to the final stage. It's like, is this horrific, awful, thing about to be over. And then my colleague spent four hours on it, couldn't get it to work. All we had to do was make a few edits. Yeah. Editing should be an easy thing. Yeah. I took another two. We were on the phone together and I said, I want to file charges. (laughs) This is abuse. (laughs) As a PR person, I hate portal and that's my number three. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, number four. And again, I don't like to get too negative, but number four, what has kind of been rampant this month, especially has been chasing people for answers. I know we're all busy, but even dash off a uh, super busy. Gotcha. You know, if I send you a read receipt, which I don't often do, but I will do sometimes with vendors of, I just need to know that you see me. Nothing. I, I recently had to chase down a vendor. I sent an, an order for an event, oh, six-ish weeks ago. And I know this is the usual dance. I know they always come through. But my spidey senses were just like, I don't know. Oh, oh, wait, you hadn't ordered the, oh, oh, now you don't. Oh, great. So I have to go to my client and go, uh, you know, well, I wanted these earlier. I'm like, yeah, I know. Me too. What can I say? I, <laughs> now, it's all working out. However, the angst, because PR people care about what they do. <laughs> <laughs> On top of all the other things of trying to, yeah. yes, try. And, and I, look, I empathize. I get it because as we said at the top of this episode, we're all kind of in that space of why is nothing quite coming together right now? And who knows? Yeah. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's, it's, it's like, just please acknowledge me. I I don't care if it's a positive or negative acknowledgement, just give me proof of life. And then I'm on your radar. That's all I ask. You know, that's a good number four. And I know that everyone in this audience can relate. And and this is separate from, you know, outreach, right? This is when you're actively working with somebody to get over the finish line and you just cannot get answers. Yeah. And as you said, at least because now this is becoming rude and it is anxiety producing when you are trying to get your job done. And, and can we all be honest, PR people, sometimes it's our clients that do this too. Yes, and sometimes. Sometimes. Although, sometimes. Not in this case, but sometimes. Client, it's just like, oh. Yeah. And we can't yell at them. We can't yell at them. I mean, we could. <laughs> yeah, help me. Help you. Please. We're working together. We need to get this over the finish line. And you're sitting there yeah. going, can't get these people to answer. So, yeah, yeah that is, that deserves a spot on the list for sure. And. <sighs> You know, I don't care about being a pest. I, I will hunt you down. 
Oh, me too. It depends who I'm after. I'll, I'll preface it with nudge alert. Yes, I'm being a nudge. I do not care. You can say, you can whisper profanities yeah. about me under your breath. You can yeah. say them to my face. I don't care. I will hunt you down. And then I will, I will hunt somebody else down if, if you don't give me an answer. Like, yeah. hey, is so-and-so out on vacation? Did, you know, I don't know if my emails are going through to someone. Those are good. Those are good. Slack, I will text you. I will call you. I will hunt you down because we have to get our jobs done. But it's, you know. I will find out where you're eating lunch and show up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've been known to do that too back in my 12 days. It's true. Maybe that's why I'm so okay with being a pass. I funny story, totally off topic. I I was I managed sales, a sales team for Quest Diagnostics, you know, in my corporate career. And oh, bless. we used to have to meet with doctors about things. And oh yeah. I would so I would hang out between in the breezeway between the hospital and the medical building and just catch them. <laughs> Like, hey. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's funny. I remember the days when it was, especially with the pharma reps, the hardcore days of them dropping off samples. You know, you'd be sitting there waiting for your appointment, and there they come with their boxes of donuts and baubles and other things. Yeah. You, know, you would, you just have to go where they are. Go yeah. to the room, go, yep. you know, just, yeah. Yeah. I would do night rounds with the doctors because. You got to do what you got to do. So yeah, I, yeah. I think I have a lot of practices being a pass, but you know, nicely. And I know that PR people are always kind. Yeah. At least our audience of PR people, we are always kind and we're right. just going to get the job done. And right. Rare is the moment where I will be pushed to my absolute nuclear limit. Of course, yeah. at that point, you have to decide with yourself no, we are never using this vendor again. <laughs> and you could just be like, I know when I was in the. Yeah. When I was in the nonprofit world and it was working for uh, a ministry, I actually, I said, I'm going to need to take this call in my car. I don't want to have it in this building. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that was four, right? We're up to number five. We're up to number five. All right. I have one that's, it's kind of a big hairy one. It's yeah. when our profession is not perceived as valued. It's when mm-hmm. anyone, you know, everyone's got a keyboard, everyone's got a teenager or a college student or an intern. We all write words on social media all day. Anyone can do our jobs and our seasoning, our expertise, our thought processes are not valued. I think every time I see a marketing coordinator job that should really be administrative assistant, I want to spit which is why I have dry mouth. It, yeah. it, it's just like, would you say that about, I don't know, like, would, would you hire something as an admin job to be a paralegal? I don't think so. Like, <laughs> I agree. I, I know universally all PR people hate that, that people yeah. don't understand our value. I, yeah. and I want to say that we as a profession need to do a better job of fighting that and really helping people to understand. And, and we, we can do that by not being the PR people that are not strategic, right. that are not embedding ourselves in the organization. We can combat some of that, but some of it comes from, you know, external forces. Some of it yeah. comes from journalists, quite frankly. Yes. Um, 
So I agree. That is a great one. I hate that too, because what we offer is so much more sometimes than people totally realize. And it, it does kind of stink to be so good at your job, to love what you do, to love serving people only to have it, the value of what you truly offer diminished and, and to make it seem like you're, you're not worthy of, yeah. Or being the professional that you are, that that's yeah. demoralizing. Or, or yeah, it is. Or that you men or that you're manufacturing the importance of what you do. Yes. And, and yet when those who think that way are really in a pinch, who do they come to? Yes. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, that is. And I have a six and seven that sort of dovetail into that. Okay, I'm, good. So my number six is tagging onto that. As a PR person, I hate it when journalists bash PR people yeah. on social media. Yeah. I I legitimately do. Yeah. I understand. I understand some of the things that are happening, but I wish that journalists had the discernment to understand that true professionals don't engage in a lot of those practices that they are ranting about on social media. And it makes our entire industry look bad. And they know the people who rant also understand that for as many PR people that they rant about, they've also dealt with PR people that were the opposite of that. Not every single PR encounter is a negative experience for you, yet you've denigrated an entire profession and portrayed to the world that we are scum. And that's what it comes across as quite yeah. honestly, that yeah. we're, um, we're, we have no value. And that is sad to me because yeah. let's be honest, every profession has people that are untrained, that are lazy, that are not good at their job. And no one, no profession can claim to have people that are 100% perfect at what they do. Every profession has its bad actors. We PR people don't go out and talk about the journalists who don't fact check, who do things wrong. We do not denigrate the the profession of journalism because we understand that sometimes you run into individuals that are going to operate a little bit differently. Right. That's that individual person. That's not the entire profession. We have a respect for journalism. Many, you know, many PR pros came from a journalism background. So it really is unfair. And and again, I understand the frustration with the things that happen. I have also been on the receiving end of some of those same fr- frustrations, but don't tear down the whole profession. No, it's, it's one of the, and when I see those tweets, it's usually a tweet or something on social. And I'm just like, really think it don't, you don't need to tell the whole world because most of the time, like you say, most of the time we're, you know, we're all well-meaning and, you know, I'm sorry that I offended one of your quirks or something, but you know, we're all trying to get a job done here. And it's just because honestly, couldn't we all vent on social about so many people that we encounter throughout a day? What's, what's the point? Listen, I call out those practices too. You know, yeah. I'm bombarded with off-topic, yeah. irrelevant <laughs> things. I will call it out. Yeah, I will call out the human being. Yeah, because I just I'm not, not the profession. To, yeah. I'm not here to trash. You know, I'm not here to trash people, but I will call out the practice. But yeah, I, I yeah, it's true. Too. When it gets yeah. personal, it's just ugh, icky. Yeah, it's not okay. it's not cool. Can can y'all stop doing that? Because. <laughs> 
we really respect you guys. Um, we really yeah. do respect journalists. We honestly do. And it's, it's more than just, we don't respect you because we need you to do parts of our job. We actually respect you and it's core to our profession. We fight for the fifth wall. We believe that what you're doing exactly. offers an extremely important service that should be defended and protected. Yeah. We weep for the things that you go through. We support you when you have been um, treated unfairly. We mourn with you when we have journalists that are lo- losing their lives or yeah. being threatened because of the work that they do. There are so many great reporters out there. And even in trade publications, you're providing a great service. We need you. The world needs you. And so to tear down people that are truly your advocates, your champions, your defenders, right. is really just not yeah. cool, guys. Not yeah. Cool. Yeah. Our profession is the first to say that you are important. You know, talk about not valuing a profession, right? It's like, no, you know, I think the populace at large doesn't realize journalists are important. They really are. They protect you more than you could ever, ever understand from from mm-hmm. the from the the largest stories in the world to your local boardrooms, your yeah. local your local municipalities. It's so important. And yeah, it's it's really disturbing to see what's happening at that level. It just uh, the denigration of it. But so be nice to us journalists. <laughs> <laughs> we're on your side. We may irritate you, but we're on your side. <laughs> we are on your side. And not all of us are trying to irritate you. And no, we don't mean it. <laughs> people who aren't doing their homework realize that that may be a lot of junior people that unfortunately yeah. are not receiving the kind of training that they should. So rant about education, rant about opportunities to really yeah. mentor people and teach them the right way to do things. Rant against management that puts unfair demands on their people. This should not be a production shop. It should right. be about quality results. And and I agree, we can all do a better job of instilling that in those that are coming up in the profession. Yeah, I agree. I forgot my number seven. You said it dovetailed. It dovetailed in with the... I know. <laughs> my ginkgo hasn't kicked in yet. <laughs> well, number seven can be... We hate that sometimes our brains are to the point where we just can't anymore. <laughs> it's all too much. The world- it is, it's just like, I'm done, I'm out. <laughs> it just flew right out of my head. I don't know. I'm taxed. I'm taxed. Well, I think we covered a lot of ground here today. And, and hopefully this made you giggle and made you nod along. And, and most importantly, feel less alone. Feel like you have colleagues beside you who are experiencing the same thing it's not just you and we just do our best every day and that's all that we can do and we thank you for listening to that solo life and we hope you'll join us next time <laughs>